podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. What a night fight for the fallen. Part one has been, gentlemen. And, and look who's behind the wheel. That's that's Trent's mom Sue. She's driven the challenger. Have fun. If they Freddy! come. <laughs> come here. I need a kiss. <laughs> Good luck. Love, love you. <laughs> kind of tough to keep your uh, your mad dog face on when your mom's giving you a kiss in the mini. <laughs> It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back. We missed last week's episode of Dynamite, correct? Uh, I think so. Or did we catch it? I don't really remember. I think we missed it. We missed it. We had some technical difficulties last week. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah, of course, the internet, my internet problems. Uh, Well, we're back this week for part one of not AEW Dynamite, but Fighter Fest 2020. Uh, and I'm not counting it as an episode of dynamite because the grapple app doesn't count it as an episode of dynamite. So if they don't, then I'm not, uh, (laughs) it's just straight up fighter fest 2020 and, uh, Chris Jericho, he comes out right away for commentary. He would provide, uh, boundless entertainment throughout this episode. Uh, and it kicks off right away. MJF and Wardlow against Jurassic express, a match that was set up on last week's episode for fighter fest. Uh, MJF gets in the ring, drops this great promo, uh, ridiculous outfit. However, uh, like this pink robe with a Burberry scarf, uh, and, and green as well, a hideous outfit, which Jericho calls him out for. He says, great promo, but horrible ring gear. Uh, (laughs) jungle boy goes right after MJF. They're battling Wardlow cuts him off for MJF. Uh, a tag temps are made to Luchasaurus, but they are interrupted and jungle boy gets worked over. He finally gets the tag to Luchasaurus who gets the hot tag gets in, runs wild. Wardlow gets in and a hoss fight ensues. Uh, these guys are smashing each other. Jungle boy and MJF get back into the ring and there's uh, three dives in a row from MJF. And then Luchasaurus does a dive. 
uh, to which Jericho has been calling Luchasaurus Godzilla throughout this match, and then says he's like Mothra. And God, what did Excalibur jump in with? Um, uh, some other uh, Godzilla reference or whatever. And uh, oh, I wish I could remember, man. Like maybe it was like King Ghidorah or something like that. But Jericho's like, shut up. <laughs> he just. <laughs> Jericho was awesome the whole night. Uh, Tombstone. Which, by the way, you okay. totally could have played a drinking game with how many times he says, it's Canada Day. It's Canada. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Jericho is wearing this ridiculous maple leaf blazer. Uh, stunningly hideous uh, in <laughs> in honor of Canada Day. Uh, I was laughing my ass off. Uh, Tombstone Age Cutter from Jurassic Express gets a two. Poison Rana on, uh, oh no, uh, there's a Hurricane Rana from Wardlow on to Luchasaurus and a Poison Rana from Jungle Boy to Wardlow. Everyone is down and then everyone is back up. They all kip up to their feet. Uh, Jungle Boy does this great Canadian destroyer where he runs off of, uh, he leaps off of Luchasaurus's back and Wardlow's back to hit MJF with this Canadian destroyer, which Jericho then goes, Super Canadian destroyer, happy Canada Day. Uh, <laughs> A low blow on Luchasaurus from MJF. Big Zenton Atomico from Wardlow on Luchasaurus for a two. MJF puts on the dynamite diamond ring and goes to nail Luchasaurus with it, but he ducks. Ends up uh, clobbering Wardlow with it. And uh, Luchasaurus just hits Wardlow with like a million shots in a row. Kicks and choke slams and uh, a moonsault and everything. And uh, that is enough to eventually put Wardlow down. Jurassic Express with the win. What did you think of the opener? It was an awesome opener, man. I uh, The only thing I could say is maybe a little bit let down by how much I loved the individual matches, and this was just slightly under those. Um, like Wardlow going up against Luchasaurus was awesome, and mm-hmm. Juggle Boy going against MJF, I gave that five stars, I believe. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a tag match, so maybe that's why it came down a little bit, but still great stuff. Jericho on fire throughout this whole thing just dropping Canada uh, references all the time I think at one point he made a reference to the Canadian band Anvil which was awesome oh yeah because they have a song called Mothra yes yes there you go all right and um, there was a great part where he was calling the match in Spanish he goes this is not CML this is AEW but you were fooled by my perfect Spanish Spanish. MJF uh, cut a pretty nice little promo at the start of this mentioning that they threw him on first, I think, because they were in a ratings war. Yes. And uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yep. Um, great way to start Fighter Fest. I gave it three and three quarter stars. Awesome oh, action. Yeah. Uh, I really like this one, too. I liked it slightly less than you, but I really enjoyed this. I thought everybody looked really good. I agree with everybody I have heard so far that thinks Wardlow has a pretty big future. That guy is really impressive. Very uh, impressive, yes. I thought he and Luchasaurus looked awesome together. MJF is great. Jungle Boy is great. I gave this one three and a half. And Grapple gave this one 3.63. Hmm. Yeah. Good start. Right in between. We're all lined up. Cool. Yes, sir. Uh, up next... Uh, we go to uh, Hikaru Shida defending the AEW Women's Championship against Penelope Ford. Uh, Jim Ross continues to be unable to say Hikaru. Uh, just always refers to her as Shida. It's really weird. Maybe, 
Maybe he should do that because he has so much trouble saying it. But um, yeah. I did want to mention before this match started, we did see a brief altercation between Lance Archer and Janela in the crowd setting up their match. For oh, next I week. must have missed that. Yeah, well, I must have been jotting down notes. But yes, he tried to attack Janela, and then Janela like rips off his shirt, like he's going to fight him. But Jake like tells him to back off, basically, and that's what happened between the matches. Mm-hmm. Um. So right at the very start of this one, Kip Sabian is acting up and Aubrey Edwards tosses him before the bell uh, and he steals uh, Sheeta's kendo stick on his way out. It's uh, all Sheeta in the early going. She's really aggressive, but Penelope eventually cuts her off in the corner, uses her athleticism to take control and uh, maintains it through a commercial break. Uh, back from the break and they engage in a strike battle, which of course Sheeta wins, hits, hits the Falcon Arrow uh, but Penelope rolls back and turns it into a pin in her advantage. Gets a two. Uh, she gets a Penelope that is hits the uh, the Matrix into the stunner for a two. Uh, she's uh, got the referee distracted, Aubrey's uh, attention, and Sabian comes back out and Sheeta just murders him with a kendo stick shot. But in all of this madness, Penelope gets in, hits the lethal injection for a close two count. Goes upstairs for the moonsault, but misses two knees in a row from Sheeta. Hits the Falcon Arrow, but only gets a two. That was a big near fall. And then uh, hits her with one final knee to get the job done. Uh, Hikaru Sheeta retains the championship. Uh, what did you think? This was my favorite match of the evening. Yeah. I think these two women put on a banger. And this this match, I think, made Penelope Ford. Um they, they both looked impressive. I loved uh, the counter of basically the Matrix when she was going for the drop kick off the top. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, there was just so many awesome near falls in this match. This one had me totally invested. I went high on this one. I went four stars. I loved it. Oh, see, yeah, I'm not terribly far off from you. I also really liked this match. I thought this is the best Penelope Ford has looked. They had a couple of hiccups in here. Um, there are some, this isn't really a hiccup, but it seemed weird, I guess. I don't know when Sheeta, uh, confronts Sabian when he comes out. So she gives Sabian this forearm and Sabian just cartoonishly hurls the kendo stick into the air and like wobbles backwards so that <laughs> Sheeta can get the stick. That was a little goofball for me. Uh, but then she made up for it by just cracking the shit out of this guy with this kendo stick. Uh, I thought it really picked up at the end too with the, uh, the Falcon arrow tease and uh, the announcers are really putting Penelope Ford over as well. She's still got a ways to go a little bit, but uh, this was definitely the best she looked. I gave this one three and a half, just like the last match and uh, grapple gave this one 3.49. So okay. three and a half as well. Right on. Yeah. It, it was just really impressive. Like, this is giving you a taste of things to come. And Sheeta just, I think this is one of the better matches for Sheeta too, because she just was really aggressive and angry. Yep. And she looked like a badass coming out with like hair covering half of her face. She looked like an assassin mm. or something. And I, her, just, I love it. And her Tifa Lockhart uh, wrestling gear, which she's just sticking with now. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm a fan of that as well. Get that Final Fantasy sure. VII reference in there on every episode. Uh, for half a second, I thought this was going to be a squash because they teased that at the beginning with her hitting the big knee right off the bat. Right off and the, the bat. Falcon Arrow attempt, man. Yep. 
uh, well, if uh, if the news reports are to believe, Kenny Omega is responsible for a lot of the 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 women's uh, like the overarching layout of the matches. So uh, you can kind of see it in matches like this. Like yes. if you replace like Sheeta with Omega, like you can see Kenny Omega doing a match just like this. Um, Absolutely. So we get. I love I love this stuff. Taz is now breaking down the technique of John Moxley. And it starts out honest enough where he's talking about uh, Mox's paradigm shift and why it is so effective is because he can get his arms sunk in so deep in this uh, double underhook. But then he notes that because of Brian Cage's freakishly large arms and shoulders and traps, there's no way John Moxley could lock in this hold and hit Brian Cage with it. Uh, I thought that was... Uh, like a, just a great little nudge for for their match. Oh, yeah. the, then we get Cody defending the TNT Championship against Jake Hager with Catalina Hager at ringside as well. Uh, <laughs> before the match, Tony Schiavone is plugging the three pack of Cody Rhodes temporary tattoos, and Jericho <laughs> says, "You can put those on your ass, Schiavone." <laughs> Made me laugh. What about Cody's sweet Great American Bash-inspired T-shirt? The American Nightmare Bash, yes. I thought that was awesome. I caught that reference right away. Yeah, that was the old... uh, That's the old WCW logo for for Great American Bash. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all Hager early on, and uh, he goes after Arn Anderson on the outside, but Cody does this step-up dive to the outside on him, tries to chop him down a little bit, but gets cut off with a German suplex on the floor, and uh, that leaves Hager in control through a commercial break. When we come back, Cody hits this great Cody cutter off the top rope. It buys him some time, but not really enough as Hager continues his uh, dominance in the match. Hits a Vader bomb for two, which Jericho keeps screaming that it's the Hager bomb now. Uh, <laughs> which is, of course, funny because Jaeger bomb is also a thing. So Ooh. I'm presuming that's why it was thrown in there because it sounds very similar and it made me chuckle. Uh, he goes for a second Hager bomb, but it is countered, but not really enough to really stop Hager. He maintains control. There's essentially interference from all sides. Cody, uh, he gets Cody in the ankle lock and he gets to the ropes and Catalina slaps him in the face. This brings out Dustin who then gives, uh, Hager a shot in the face while Arn is distracting the referee. And he tries, Cody tries to hit crossroads, but it is countered into the Uranage and Hager goes for the arm triangle, but Cody kind of reverses momentum and posts a pin on top of Hager. Even though Cody still passes out in the arm triangle, he manages to get the three count. And uh, afterwards, a angry Jake Hager knocks out the referee. What did you think of the TNT Championship match? This one kind of slowed things down for me a little bit, and I don't think I was as into it because of that reason. I really liked um, the ending with Hager uh, knocking out the ref and them kind of treating it like a big deal. That I was was liking. I got to know, why is Hager's wife coming out with him for just these big matches? It's just... It's weird, right? I mean, I think she's... um, I mean, she didn't really do much here other than stand around and pose and slap Cody in the face. But in uh, we, we've seen her in some of these other segments, like the training segment stuff. I thought she was awesome in those. Um, yeah, it, she, she can be good, but it's almost like kind of a disconnect because yeah. for weeks you'll see him just hanging out with inner circle and she's nowhere to be around. It's not mm-hmm. like she's like 
part of the regular character. character. Right. She's just kind of there. But you put them together, they look like great heels. I mean, they look like the perfect Republican uh, couple together. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And she did do some fun stuff, like stepping on Cody's uh, stomach during the match when they were in commercial break. Yeah. Um, but uh, and I even liked Hager going after Arn. That was some great heel yeah. stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still a Hager match. Yeah. Um, and I ended up only giving this one two and a half stars. I wasn't that drawn into it. I wish I really wanted to be because I think Cody is excellent. But yeah. Hager kind of just slowed it down too much for me. Catalina is definitely the Ivanka to Hager's buff Trump. That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's how Trump sees himself in the mirror. Yeah, yes. Um, I I actually, I was higher on this than you. I thought this was the best that Hager's looked in a little while. And uh, I thought a lot of that was just really down to, to Cody working his ass off. I thought he was really good in this match. Um, but yeah, not super high on this one. I went three stars. And uh, so lowest thing on the show so far. Grapple 2.94. Wow. Okay. You guys both, we're, we're in a little bit of a weird disconnect this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at least in that one anyway, but for the yeah. most part, we've been, we've been relatively close. Eh, I mean, you uh, know what? If we're within like a half star or something, you know, that's, I think we're in negotiable territory there. Sure. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Darby Allen is still not cleared to wrestle. So he just fucks around in his backyard in his skating ramp. And, uh, doing all sorts of crazy shit, doing backflips onto skateboards and lighting shit on fire and, you know, just whatever, just fucking around in his backyard. And he sent in a tape of it. Uh, oh man. I just thought to myself at the start of this, hi, I'm Darby Allen and this is Jackass. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is called the backflip Ollie and you're watching Jackass. Uh, (laughs) yeah, it was, uh, that, I mean, but the thing is it's fun though uh and it's and it's pretty relatable who has not had friends for whom they went to their house and just fucked around and did stupid shit with sometimes like this is a relatable this is a relatable activity for most people so yeah i think that was uh, ultimately good i kind of want them to bring in bam margera just for (laughs) to do something with him i mean they're totally different people but they're both skaters so it could work i mean he did the thing with tony hawk as well so sure that's true they started big. Um, Orange Cassidy comes out to sit in a chair by Chris Jericho, who tries to maintain <laughs> composure. Uh, Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party uh, with Matt Hardy in their corner. It's all Private Party early uh, with a bunch of flashy moves and dives, some Hardy-inspired offense. Uh, Private Party get cut off, though, relatively quickly, though, with some great double teams from Santana and Ortiz. Uh, Jericho then, uh, when a... When a a grounded octopus hold is applied. Jericho accuses Excalibur of making up move names to which Tony Schiavone says, aren't all move names made up? <laughs> well, well said and well put, uh, yes. hot tagged, uh, Isaiah Cassidy, who, uh, runs wild, hits this great tornado to the outside. Uh, Santana and Ortiz though, they, uh, get back into this with some more double teams. Their double teams are so good. Um, oh, yeah, Matt Hardy gets up on the apron to steal the mad ball out of the hands of Santana. And, uh, they sort of get, uh, Santana sort of just gets hit with gin and juice out of nowhere for, uh, private party getting the win. So, uh, not a great night for the inner circle. Uh, what did you think of the, uh, the tag match? 
I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, anytime Private Party gets in the ring, I want to be watching. And you put them in there with a well-established tag team like uh, Santana Ortiz, there's going to be good stuff happening. And I think they even played up on the history that both of these teams attended the same wrestling school. And mm-hmm. um, Santana and Ortiz were kind of the senior team at the time when Private Party was just getting in. So I like that. I did not know that. Yes. Um, Jericho was hilarious on commentary all throughout this one. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was like a senton cannonball in there after like a Liger bomb at one point, and yeah. that was just mwah, chef kiss for that one. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I will say, and this is nothing related to the match, but it's it, it does bug me. I kind of hate Private Party's new music. Um, yeah. I thought that was used in like a, I think it was for the TNT title match. And I thought that would be something they'd use just for singles matches, but mm-hmm. their old things got me so hyped and this new one, I'm just not as crazy about yeah, a very, I'm not feeling it as well. Yeah. Yeah. A very minor thing. It has nothing to do with the match, but I just felt like it needed to be said. Good girl. Um, on you. Yeah. It might. It's true. I wasn't crazy about Kenny Omega's new theme music at first, but now I love it. Yeah. Same. Here. Um, I gave this one three stars. Solid tag match. Excellent. I'd love to see what these guys could do with more time and uh, maybe a bigger spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. Um, a little too much going on here for me in this one. I thought they were maybe a little, I don't know. I don't want to say they were getting a little too cute, but I, I thought there was like a, I don't know. It just felt like there was too much happening at times. Um, sometimes everything they're doing looks great. And sometimes it looks a little out of control and not in a, like in a noticeable way, not in like a, not in like a good way. Uh, that being said, I think this was actually better than um, they had a match on Dynamite. I don't know if it was this year or late last year that everybody was kind of hyping up that people thought was going to be awesome. And it kind of didn't really work out all that well. Uh, this one I thought was was much better. And I landed at two and three quarter stars on this one. Right. But we're pretty close, Nick, I think. And uh, Grapple, though, 3.04. So they agreed with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, as they should, of course. Uh, after, <laughs> after the match, Jericho started yapping with Orange Cassidy, who stood up and then calmly tipped his chair over, which enraged Jericho, who had to be held back. He was screaming like he was a part of a pull-apart brawl, like five guys were holding him back. And he's screaming, next week! Next week, Cassidy! And Orange Cassidy is just standing there while Pineapple Pete is holding onto his collar with a thumb and a pointer finger saying, don't do it, man. <laughs> that was pretty great. It was. Uh, oh, I love that. This has got to be the main event next week. Don't you think? Oh yeah. After the news that comes out in a, in a minute, I think it kind of has to be the, the main event for sure. Uh, there's a Kenny Omega hangman page, uh, interview with Dasha, uh, Gonzalez backstage, um, pretty standard fare, but you know, fine. And then we get all of the matches for next week, uh, including the announcement that the winners of the main event tonight will face private party for the tag titles. And also that the John Moxley, Brian cage match, which was scheduled for next week has been moved to two weeks. And that will also not be an episode of dynamite. It will be this year's edition of fight for the fallen, which during the main event, they announced that uh, the Khan family had donated over a million dollars to uh, COVID relief. And that during Fight for the Fallen this year, uh, fans will be given the opportunity to also be able to donate to to COVID relief. So that's really cool. And the match got moved uh, two weeks. And the reason the match got moved two weeks is, of course, 
um, the news came out that Renee Young, John Moxley's wife, uh, tested positive for coronavirus, and she was quarantined, and he was staying uh, home, even though he had uh, been tested and was negative. Uh, just to be safe a second time, he decided to put it off one more time and is not going to be uh, coming to work for another couple of weeks, just to, just to be on the safe side, and that is obviously very smart. Uh, and even more smart is the fact that they played into this uh, yeah. with Taz and Brian Cage coming out. And Taz is not mad that they've moved the match two weeks. Uh, they're not concerned about that. But he says that Moxley, he's not concerned either. Not concerned with the health and safety of his co-workers. Because he knows that he's already been twist, uh, tested not once but twice. And he passed both times. And if he dragged his ass out of his couch and came to work, he'd be tested again because in AEW, they don't run a sloppy shop. Woo! That Woo. shot at WWE. Holy mm. fuck. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. He's right, though. He's big time right, and that's the best right to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says Moxley has no excuses. The only thing he's got a case of is the chicken shits. Ooh. Yeah, called him out. Called him a coward <laughs> and said it doesn't matter if it's next week or if it's in two weeks. Brian Cage is winning the AEW championship. And uh, Jim Ross raises the possibility of how can Moxley, he's unable to train, he's unable to work out and quarantine. How could he possibly be in top physical condition to face Brian Cage, who is always in top physical condition, of course. Uh, a great promo. Taz was awesome here. Um, oh, yeah. Main event well, time. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that I loved it, and I think that Taz was spitting hot fire. Oh, hell yeah. He was, yeah, he was on a roll for sure. Uh, main event, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, defending the AEW Tag Team Championships against Best Friends, who were, in fact, driven to the ring by Trent's actual mom, Sue. Oh. God, this entrance was tremendous. That greatest ever <laughs> so all of these people if you've never watched wrestling before this will probably be hard to imagine but sometimes wrestlers will make big entrances sometimes very elaborate entrances sometimes a limo will pull up and they will be chauffeured out sometimes on motorcycles or with a police escort or, or some sort of big rusev once came out on a fucking tank um <laughs> sometimes there are these big entrances and best friends being somewhat of a comedy team, decided to mock this idea. And uh, a minivan pulled up, driven by Trent's mom, and Chuck and Trent got out of this minivan in full gear, uh, pumped for this match, and Trent's mom goes, have fun. <laughs> Holy shit. And then she goes, Greggy, Greggy, because Trent's name is Greg. Uh, <laughs> or his real name is Greg. She goes, Greggy, Greggy, come here give me a kiss and she kisses him and he goes love you ma and she goes i love you too good luck and then they go off for their match and then they get into the ring and justin roberts is like introducing first the challenger driven to the ring by trent's mom oh god this was so funny i was laughing my ass off uh tremendous i loved it so much um right as the match is getting going Excalibur notes that Kenny Omega and Chuck Taylor were once a tag team in pro wrestling guerrilla. 
drops their actual name, which was Men of Low Moral Fiber, which I never thought I'd hear like any of this stuff ever talked about on uh, cable television. But here we are. And uh, Tony Schiavone's like, oh, I've dealt with a lot of those. And Excalibur goes, well, it is the wrestling business, uh, which cracked Tony up. And also, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, horribly timely uh, as things go. Even aid, and you know, we didn't even really talk about this, but um, I guess we don't really have to. Uh, Jacqueline and I talked about um, talked about this on the last NXT podcast we did. So if you really want to hear our full thoughts um, about the the sexual abuse scandal and all that other stuff uh, that plagued pro wrestling and the fallout from all of it and AEW was no exception uh, to getting hit with some of it as well. Uh, we talked quite a bit about it on the our last NXT podcast. So uh, go check out the the last episode of what comes next and uh, you can hear us talk about that there. So I, I didn't feel like a need to just say what was said over and over again already and we would have covered it we probably would have covered it last week but we had to miss the episode so mm-hmm. now it feels like a couple weeks out from it and uh, you know everything that's been said has been said uh hopefully people continue to be held accountable and professional wrestling has made a safe environment for everybody fans included uh, and wrestlers as well um okay so into the match uh it's even Steven at first, but best friends uh, manage to segment apart and work on Adam Page for a little bit. But Kenny eventually gets tagged in to set up some great double teams. FTR comes out to watch the match. Of course, they've got their eyes on the on the uh, the champions and the titles. Uh, the champions are in control through a commercial break, but best friends manage to come back. There's this craziness on the outside where Kenny Omega gets over overhead belly to belly suplexed into Adam Page on the floor into the guardrails and Kenny just splatted really hard on the ground. It was pretty gross. Uh, get back into the ring and Kenny starts mounting a comeback goes for the, you can't escape, but Trent gets his knees up on the moonsault attempt, uh, moonsault attempt. Trent hits him with the sexy Chucky knee. Chuck gets in, hits the short pile driver, uh, for a two. Kenny gets back up to his feet though. Hits snap dragons on everybody. Uh, some more double teams from the champions. They go for the drunken trigger, but it is countered. Best friends hit strong zero, but just barely. Like Chuck did not hit a crisp double stomp. Uh, but they land strong zero. Kenny manages to break up the pin. The announcers go out of their way to note that Hangman Page did not kick out of this, that he needed Kenny to uh, save him from the pinfall there. Kenny goes for the one-winged angel, but Chuck slips behind. Hits this great-looking awful waffle on Kenny, but Kenny rolls to the outside. Hangman picks up Trent, hits the Deadeye, which we haven't seen in forever, and there's a good reason why we haven't seen the Deadeye in forever, because it doesn't look very good, especially the camera angle they shot here with uh, Trent, who, I don't know if the, maybe the Deadeye is supposed to be some sort of knee-breaker, Nick, uh, but it is not supposed to be some sort of head drop, because Trent's head came nowhere close to the mat. In fact, he tucked his head and made it even worse. Uh, he his, his head was tucked and he was by like Hangman's hip. So, yeah. This didn't look great. Uh, but he gets a two. Uh, Hangman has enough, hits the buckshot, and gets the win. Uh, before we talk about what happened afterwards, what did you think of the main event? Awesome tag team match with, uh, I gotta say, 
<laughs> I, we, it's already been mentioned, but that just that entrance, I still can't stop thinking about it. I mean, like, that's a five star entrance. It was. I, I mean, in, in, a, in a way, I would hope this would set up a match between FDR and Best Friends since they kind of stole their entrance in a way. No, yeah, uh, yeah, they did. They did kind of mock their entrance. You know what? I would not be surprised to find out if this match happens sooner than later. Hopefully it means that FDR comes in on... I mean, you really want to go WCW 1995. You need to melt together... <laughs> Trent's mom's van and their truck. Oh my god! Have them fight a sumo match on top of the Joe Louis oh. Arena. Come on, AEW, do it. Make um, it happen. <laughs> Trent's mom and best friends against FTR. Let's do it. Um, and we need Trent's mom versus Judy Bagwell. Oh hell yes! <laughs> Trent's Trent's mom on a pole match or whatever. Let's make it happen. And they, they had me believing after that strong zero that they might get the win there. I, I honestly thought we might see best friends get the win here, take the tag belts, and this could be the start of Hangman's turn on the Elite, but I guess yep. we're not quite there yet. No. Um, it, it may be somebody else. I, I believe they're defending the tag belts next week, aren't they? Uh, yeah, against Private Party. Okay, yeah. I, I thought that was weird at first until we heard the announcement about the uh, – about the world title being moved yeah. up, so that makes sense now. But uh, yeah, just an awesome match. I gave this one three and three quarter stars. Uh, oh, really? Wow. It. Yeah, I thought it was some great action. Um, I don't know. I uh, I thought it started out great, but as it went on, I thought it. You know, the weird thing is, it's not even a long match. I think it was maybe only fifteen minutes, but <laughs> it. I don't know. It felt like it really lagged at points. Like uh, I don't know. Maybe it was uh. Maybe it was um, like Chuck not really landing the strong zero very good, or I don't know, there was a couple of things that just didn't sit quite right. Like it felt like it was maybe moving along a little too quickly. Like Chuck hit this really gross short pile driver on Kenny that looked great, but it, it, everybody just sort of walked right past it on the announced team and even in the match. Um, yeah. I think it was a two count, but I could be wrong on that. Um, and the announcers paid almost no mind to it. Uh, I don't know. There was just a, a few. It felt like maybe they crammed in a little too much for the length of the match. Uh, okay. I really dug the beginning, but it kind of uh, flattened out for me as it went. And I landed at three and a quarter. So okay. l- quite lower than you. You went three and three, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I was I was quite low uh, comparatively. And uh, grapple in the middle. Nick, 3.55. Okay. Lean in, lean in past three and a half, but right in that three and a half range. And uh, after the match, FTR gets into the ring. They offer a beer to Hangman, who gladly accepts. They offer a beer to Kenny, who we know does not drink. But Kenny decides to accept it anyway. But instead of taking a drink, he pours it out because Kenny doesn't drink. Um, and then the Young Bucks have to come out to make peace because FTR is, of course, insulted by this. Um... So yeah, that's a we kind of get this standoff because the Bucks and FTR have to get along next week. But yeah, I, I would say good. I would say a good show. Yeah, it was an excellent show. I also wanted to note real quick that Hangman's uh, entrance graphic this week said he's not afraid to say the S, S word. word. <laughs> shot Which, at Chuck Taylor. Big time shot at Chuck Taylor. <laughs> he had to have been pissed at um, Taz's uh, promo because I think he said the S word twice. <laughs> He may have, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think I heard shit the whole, uh, the whole show. So, 
I think I think they get two of them, so they get two shits. Two shits are given. Um, <laughs> Chicken shits in this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I thought a really good show for the most part. Uh, and I think week two could be even better, actually. So yeah. there's a lot going on there as well. But in the meantime, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time when Nick and I are going to talk about part two of AEW's Fighter Fest 2020 featuring Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy.